Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is going to be for section 39. This one's kind of an odd one in the sense that it's for a non-member, uh, but uh, but uh, it was, the Lord felt it was important, so it must be. So let's see what he says here. Uh, many are called, but few are chosen. This is a little background to this section. Such is the story of James Coville, a man called by a personal revelation through the prophet Joseph Smith to labor in the Lord's vineyard and a man who failed to give heed to the counsel given him. Every call to serve in the latter-day building of Zion requires personal sacrifice. James Coville had been a minister for about 40 years. He was now called to be baptized into the Lord's church and to preach the gospel. To accept such a call would require him to forsake many of his former beliefs, to confess to his followers that he had now found a fullness of the truth, and to move to Ohio to join the saints. It would also require that he find another way to make a living. Shortly after the church conference of January the 2nd, 1831, the prophet Joseph Smith recorded, there was a man came to me by the name of James Coville who had been a Baptist minister for about 40 years. That, I'm going to change that in a second with the heading. Uh, additional research, I guess, has been done. For about 40 years and con- covenanted with the Lord that he would obey any command that the Lord would give to him through me as his servant, and I received the following. Marvelous promises have been made to James Coville if he would obey the word of the Lord that had been given to him. What thoughts might have filled his mind as he contemplated leaving the ministry he had been engaged to for 40 years? What sacrifices would be required of him to join the church and move to Ohio? Whatever his thoughts, James Coville decided to reject the revelation of God. The prophet Joseph Smith recorded simply as James Coville rejected the word of the Lord and returned to his former principles and people, the Lord gave unto me and Sidney Rigdon the following revelation. That's going to be section 40 when we get to that, explaining why he obeyed not the word. Let me read, first of all, the heading to this section. And as I mentioned, uh, the history mentioned uh, that he was a Baptist minister, but the heading here uh, mentions he's a Methodist. Uh, So let me read that. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to James Coville at Fayette, New York, January the 5th, 1831. James Coville who had been a Methodist minister for about 40 years, covenanted with the Lord that he would obey any command that the Lord would give to him through Joseph the prophet. Um, Shortly after the church conference uh, at which Doctrine and Covenants section 38 was received in front of the entire congregation, Joseph Smith had an interview with with a minister that he later described in these terms. And I've sort of read some of that. Despite his individual revelation, James Coville quickly rejected the gospel and the prophet Joseph and returned to his former life and beliefs among the Protestants. Verse 1, Hearken and listen to the voice of him who is from eternity to all eternity, the great I am, even Jesus Christ, the light and the life of the world, a light which shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not, the same which came in the meridian of time unto mine own, and mine own received me not. But as to many as received me, gave I power to become my sons, and even so I will give unto as many as will receive me power to become my sons. Through the covenant of baptism, those who are actually born again become the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. They are spiritually begotten by him. Their hearts are changed through faith on his name. Thus they are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. Baptism and church membership 
standing alone do not make men sons of Christ, but through them, as he said, men have power to become my sons. Those who are sons of God, meaning the Father, are, be, are persons who first receive the gospel, join the true church, obtain the priesthood, marry for eternity, and walk in obedience to the whole gospel law. They are then adopted into the family of Jesus Christ, become joint heirs with him, and consequently receive, inherit, and possess equally with him in glorious exaltation in the kingdom of his Father. And that was by uh, jo- uh, Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 5, And verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth my gospel receiveth me, and he that receiveth not my gospel receiveth not me. In like manner, modern-day missionaries are not sent to all, world, all the world until they have received this same endowment in the house of the Lord. Servants of the Lord are not fully qualified to go forth to preach the gospel and build up the kingdom unless they have the gift of the Holy Ghost and have been endowed with power from on high, meaning that they have received the knowledge, powers, and blessings normally given only in the temple, the house of the Lord. And that was by uh, Joseph Fielding McConkie. Bruce R. McConkie said, in explaining the significance of the word gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the plan of salvation. Literally, gospel means good tidings from God or good story. Thus it is the glad tidings or good news concerning Christ, his atonement, the establishment of his earthly kingdom, and a possible future inheritance in his celestial presence. And this is the gospel, the prophet recorded by way of revelation, the glad tidings which the voice out of the, out of the heavens bore record unto us. That, that he came into the world, even Jesus, to be crucified for the world and to bear the sins of the world and to sanctify the world and to cleanse it from all unrighteousness that through him all might be saved whom the Father had put into his power and made by him. The Lord explained to James Colville that repentance, baptism, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost are essential if one would receive Christ. Verse 6, And this is my gospel, repentance and baptism by water, and then cometh the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, even the Comforter, which showeth all things, and teacheth the peaceable things of the kingdom. And now, behold, I say unto you, my servant James, I have looked upon thy works, and I know thee. James Colville was almost 75 years old when he met Joseph Smith, and he had been a Baptist minister, or maybe a Methodist minister, for about 40 years. Though not yet baptized, the Lord referred to Colville as my servant, perhaps because of the preparatory ministry he had performed as a minister, and the Lord had already blessed him greatly for his service in the past. Verse 8, And verily I say unto thee, Thine heart is now right before me at this time, and behold, I have bestowed great blessings upon thy head. Nevertheless, thou hast seen great sorrow, for thou hast rejected me many times because of pride and the cares of the world. Kova was not an investigator seeking to know the truth. He had already received a spiritual witness that the gospel was true, but it cost too much, and he rejected Christ yet again. But uh, Verse 10, But behold, the days of thy deliverance are come. If thou wilt hearken to my voice, which saith unto thee, Arise and be baptized, and wash away, thy, uh, wash away your sins, calling on my name, you shall receive my spirit and a blessing so great as you never have known. And if thou do this, I have prepared thee for a greater work. Thou shalt preach the fullness of my gospel, which I have sent forth in these last days, the covenant which I have sent forth to receive my people, which are of the house of Israel. In these verses, the use of the word if is an indication that the blessings James Cova was to receive were conditional. Harold B. Lee said, I sat in a class in Sunday school in my own ward one day, and the teacher was the son of a patriarch. He said he used to take down the blessings of his father, and he noticed that his father gave what he called iffy blessings. 
he would give a blessing, but it was predicated on, if you will, cease doing that. And he said, I watched these men to whom my father gave the iffy blessings, and I saw that many of them did not heed the warning that my father as a patriarch had given, and the blessings were never received because they did not comply. You know, this startled this startled me thinking, or this started me thinking. I went back into the Doctrine and Covenants and began to read the iffy revelations that have been given to the various brethren in the church. If you want to have an exercise in something that will startle you, read some of the warnings that were given through the Prophet Joseph Smith to Thomas B. Marsh, Martin Harris, some of the Whitmer brothers, William E. McClellan, warnings which had they heeded, some would not have fallen by the wayside. But because they did not heed and they didn't clear up their lives, they fell by the wayside and some had to be dropped from membership in the church. Verse 12, And it shall come to pass that power shall rest upon thee. Thou shalt have great faith, and I will be with thee and go before thy face. Thou art called to labor in my vineyard and to build up my church and to bring forth Zion, that it may rejoice upon the hills and flourish. Sounds like these verses uh, pertaining to the gathering of Israel really apply to more than just Brother Covell here. It's to all of us as members of the church as we try to uh, serve and to gather Israel throughout the, the world in the last days. Verse 14, Behold, verily, verily, I say unto thee, thou art not called to go into the eastern countries, but thou art called to go to the Ohio. And inasmuch as my people shall assemble themselves at the Ohio, I have kept in store a blessing such as is not known among the children of men, and it shall be poured forth upon their heads, and from thence men shall go forth into all nations. And that has an allusion to the building of the Kirtland Temple. Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you that the people in Ohio call upon me in much faith, thinking I will stay my hand in judgment upon the nations, but I cannot deny my word. Wherefore, lay to with your might and call faithful laborers into my vineyard, that it may be pruned for the last time. And inasmuch as they do repent and receive the fullness of my gospel and become sanctified, I will stay mine hand in judgment. Wherefore, go forth, crying with a loud voice, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, crying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. Go forth baptizing with water, preparing the way before my face for the time of my coming. For the time is at hand, the day or the hour no man knoweth, but it surely shall come. No man knows now, at least. We will, though, someday. And he that receiveth these things receiveth me, and they shall be gathered unto me in time and in eternity. Joseph Smith wrote, The main object of gathering was to build unto the Lord a house whereby he could reveal unto his people the ordinances of his house and the glories of his kingdom and teach the people the way of salvation. For there are certain ordinances and principles that when they are taught and practiced must be done in a place or house built for that purpose. It is for the same purpose that God gathers together his people in the last days to build unto the Lord a house to prepare them for the ordinances. Verse 23, and again it shall come to pass that on as many as ye shall baptize with water, ye shall lay your hands, and they shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and shall be looking forth for the signs of my coming, and shall know me. Hopefully we're all looking for the signs of the second coming. Behold, I come quickly, even so, amen. I know that these things are true, and that as we uh, ponder and study upon the last days and the signs of the Savior's second coming, uh, that we'll recognize those when he comes. And as uh, mentioned, uh, we don't know yet the time of his coming, uh, but the Lord will, will reveal it to his prophets before that happens. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time.